The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. And you need the spirit of discernment to be able to know those who were in the truth who have now erred. Who don't rightly divide the word of truth anymore. It says, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. You have to be careful of those who overthrow your faith. Their strategy is to come and take away your faith. According to your condition, you will not last this long. But I come to say to you, if I be a man of God, that you will not die, you will live to see the glory of God. Amen? You will not die. Death cannot come near this house. Death cannot come into this house. Death is not permitted in solution chapter. Death is not permitted. The only thing permitted in this church is life. Amen. 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 And I decree it so. I invoke the blood of Jesus over the gates of this church. Over the doors of this church. Upon of the enemy form of fashion against us shall prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, are you ready for the word? Okay, turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, from verse 15 to 21. This is a month of honor, and as we conclude the month, there's something very vital that I really want to share with you that I believe will be a great blessing to us. Second Timothy chapter 2 from verse 15. I read, it says, Steady to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, this is powerful. Steady to show yourself approved not unto man, but unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, but what? But rightly dividing the word of truth. It's so crucial in the time we're living in to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. To be able to rightly divide the word of truth. Because what happens is, once the word of truth, which is Jesus, is divided rightly into two, God's people have the confidence to be able to walk on dry ground. Like Moses, when Moses got to the sea, God said to Moses, stretch for the rod. It was not the rod that parted the Red Sea. The Bible says that when the, the, the mountains saw God, when the sea saw God, they fled. So listen, when the word of God is rightly divided, 
all God's people have to now do is to walk on dry ground to go and possess their possessions. And I decree to you today that you possess your possessions. I said you possess your possessions in the mighty name of Jesus. Anything holding back your possession before we enter into the coming month, God will show up on your behalf. I said God will show up on your behalf in the mighty name of Jesus. So the responsibility of the man of God is to rightly divide the word. Rightly divide the word. Rightly divide the word because once the word is rightly divided, God's people now have the confidence to walk on dry ground to go and possess what God has for them. The children of Israel were scared of the Red Sea, but the moment Moses divided, not Moses, but the moment Moses divided the Red Sea, remember the rod represents the word. Oh, this is powerful. The rod that Moses had represents the word. So when Moses lifted the rod, which is the word of God, the word was able to divide the Red Sea. I don't know what impossibility is in front of you. By the time we come out of this service, that impossible situation will be divided into two. I said it will be divided into two. In the name of Jesus. Verse 16, it says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Oh, this is powerful. In other words, don't entertain profane and vain babblings. And there are many going on. Don't entertain it. The more you entertain it, it says it increases unto what? Ungodliness. It shall not be so in your life. Verse 17, it says, And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom it is Hynemius, or whatever his name is, and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred. See? Concerning the truth, what have they done? They have erred. Now, these were part of the body of Christ. They were part of the church. But they have now erred. <laughs> and you need the spirit of discernment to be able to know those who were in the truth who have now erred. Who don't rightly divide the word of truth anymore. It says, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. You have to be careful of those who overthrow your faith. Their strategy is to come and take away your faith. Do you know that there's been instances where I have seen people have come to this church and the spirit of the Lord has revealed to me that this person is here to take this person out. And if that person is not careful, they actually do take them out. One instance, not long ago, someone came to this church, was in this church, he's serving everywhere. And we have to be careful. It's not everyone we give access to serving. 
I'm changing the policy now. Before anyone serves in any department now, I have to interview them personally. Personally. Because their strategy is if you, they come and they say, you have to wait for six months, they are not in a rush. They'll wait. Remember, the enemy comes as a siege. So they'll wait six months. After six months, they'll come into whatever department and the purpose is to bring confusion. That's a purpose. And one such thing happened recently and the strategy was to prevent a blessing that was about to hit that family. When the Lord revealed it to me, I started praying for that family. Just when it happened, not long after, God granted that family their request that they have been trusting God for for six years. Six years. They've been believing God for something for six years. That's why we need the eye of the Spirit discernment to know. The Bible says, Jesus said, a good man sowed good seeds, but while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tars. The tars look the same as the seed. They look similar. They come and say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the tars. Hallelujah. When, when they know how to, they know when it's asked them, have you been, are you born again? Yes, I got born again, and they will give you the exact date. That's the task. I'm not saying if you remember the exact date of your born again, you are in time. That's not what I'm saying. If you ask them, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues? They say, oh yes, Pastor, Shanda, Shanda, give me my boat time. That's the task. That's the task. The task come to strangulate the seed. They come to strangulate the seed from growing. But they, you see, the sad truth about the enemy is that he doesn't, he doesn't know that the seed is more powerful than the task. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, leave both of them, let them grow. At the end, they will be separated. But in some instances in the church, some tasks are not supposed to be left. Yeah. There was a guy who came to this church, you know, put a, a big cross on his chest. He came because of a girl, put a big cross. Had a golden teeth all over. When I saw him, I said, no, this one is not born again. This one is not born again. And his strategy, he came to get a young girl who was fervent in the Lord, growing fervently. She was, she's just born again. She's given her life to Christ, now serving in the house. And then all of a sudden, this guy showed up. And then I called her. I said, be careful about this guy. Be careful. If the guy came and said, I'm interested in her, I can say, okay, if you're interested in her, you have to do the right thing, come through counseling, we'll marry you properly, and so on and so forth. But she didn't listen. She was wearing the, the love blues. 
So when I said to her, be careful, all she was seeing is love blues. She didn't listen. The next thing, became pregnant, had a baby. The next thing, had another baby. The next thing, no marriage till date, being abused by that boy. Listen, church. When, as pastors, we tell you to be careful, it's to your interest. I will never, ever in my lifetime, I made a covenant with God that I will never manipulate God's people. Never. I made a vow with God. Never. That's why in this church, nobody is under any pressure. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is going to come and check your house, where you live, are you really living there? Are you living there alone or are you living there with someone? No, no, no. My responsibility is to divide the word so you can walk on dry ground. Are you following what I'm saying? Very, very important. So we will never manipulate you. So everything we say to you is to your upliftment. Is to your what? Upliftment. It's for you to become better. That's, listen, my ultimate desire for you is that you'll be better in every area of your life. That's my ultimate desire. Ultimate desire. I have never wished any member of this church evil. Even those who have done me evil and come to this church and left, I've never wished them evil. God knows my heart. So, what you need to understand is that when we tell you to do something, it's to your benefit. But for God, that family would have missed that breakthrough they've been waiting for for six years. That's why Paul said, for who concerning the truth have heard, saying that the resurrection is past already and they have overthrown the faith of some. The faith of some. The faith of some. The faith of some. Verse 19. It says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, say amen to that. Amen. Having this seal, the Lord knows those that are his. And let everyone that is named or name the name of Christ depart from what? Iniquity. Say a good amen. Amen. Verse 20, it says, but in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Underline that, some to honor and some to dishonor in a great house. If a man therefore purge himself from these, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every, not some, unto every good work. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Say amen to that. I'm sharing with you tonight on a message I have titled, Honor and Dishonor. 
Somebody say honor, honor. and dishonor. Oh, say it properly. Say honor, honor. and dishonor. We have already established this month that God wants us to walk in honor. Because according to 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30 or 2 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, God says, I will honor those who honor me. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So God wants us to honor him. And I've said that the foundation of the kingdom of God is a foundation on honor. And the protocol that governs the kingdom of God is the protocol of honor. That means when you honor God in the kingdom of God, God will honor you. I have said that, yes, I believe in giftings. Not that I don't believe in giftings. The Bible says that the gifts of every man or woman will bring them before great men. So yes, your gift will open doors for you. But I believe that beyond gift, there is something called honor. That when we walk in honor, honor will open doors for us and keep those doors open more than our giftings. Because if you ask me to choose between gift and honor, I'll go for honor. Because if someone have gifts and they walk in dishonor, it's just a matter of time, their gift will disappear or destroy them. But if someone walks in honor and they don't have the gift, it's just a matter of time, they will develop that gift. So honor is so crucial in the body of Christ. Honor is so important in the house of God. The only place in scripture that causes God to change his covenant between him and, and, a, and a particular tribe, which is the priesthood, was honor. They dishonored God and God said, no, even though I have decided that this is what's going to happen, I have changed my mind because you dishonored me. Now, I want us to understand something that honor is in levels. Honor is in levels. Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 10 verse 41, Jesus said, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Is that right? Jesus said, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall also do what? Receive a righteous man's reward. So there are different levels of honor. There's a prophet's honor. There's a righteous man's honor. There are different levels. That's why the Bible says that when Moses was building the tabernacle, he requested different levels of offering. Gold, silver, wood, and so on and so forth. Why? Because to him that much is given, much is required. If God gives you much, he expects much from you. Are you following me? 
So when God gives you more order, he expects you to also honor him more. Now, let me give you an example. As a pastor, I expect more from my pastors in terms of their level of dedication and commitment to the vision than a little child. Are you following what I'm saying? Why? Because they are in different categories. It's very important. So, in the kingdom of God, different levels of honor is required. So if you're supposed to honor God on a gold level and you honor God on a wood level, your honor is not accepted. It's not accepted. Because remember when, (laughs) this is important, this is so powerful. Remember when Cain and Abel were sacrificing unto the Lord. The Bible says that by faith, Cain offered, is it Cain or Abel? Who killed who? Cain killed Abel. So it said, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. I think it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews 11, verse 4. Shall we look at it? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. A more excellent sacrifice a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift and by it being dead yet speaketh. Oh, this is powerful. So, both of them came from the same womb, yet one offered a more excellent sacrifice. They were not taught But one had an understanding that if I'm going to give God honor, it has to be an excellent sacrifice. (laughs) And when Cain killed his brother, God said, if you do the right thing, your offering will be accepted. Why are you killing somebody else for giving a better level of honor? We'll go to Matthew chapter 26 later, which we looked at on Sunday when Jesus went to the house of Simon the leper and the woman with the alabaster box broke the alabaster box on Jesus, anointing him, preparing him for his burial. His disciples said, why are you wasting? Why are you wasting? You are wasting. Jesus said, leave her alone. For she's preparing me for my barrier. Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, her name will be mentioned. Now, (laughs) different levels of honor. Some said it could have been sold and given to the poor. In the same house, there are different vessels. Some unto honor, some unto dishonor. So Cain was unto dishonor, Abel was unto honor. Even your service in the house of God is judged on these two, on honor and dishonor. Because we read the scriptures are clear in 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says from verse 19, it says, 
verse 20. It says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of what? Of wood and of earth. Some to what? Honor and some to dishonor. Some to honor and some to dishonor. So, for instance, in your house, you have vessels of gold, vessels of silver, vessels of wood, vessels of earth. Four levels of vessels. Who you serve with which vessel determine your level of honor to them. If the queen comes to visit your house today or tomorrow, how many of you like the queen coming to visit? If the queen comes to visit you tomorrow, will you serve her with vessels of earth? Will you serve her with vessels of earth? No. Why? Because of her level of honor. Right? You will serve her with what? Vessels of? Vessels of? Vessels of? Why? Because of the level of honor you give her. So Paul is saying that in every house, in a great house as a church, there are different vessels. Different vessels. There are not only vessels of gold. There are not only vessels of silver. There are not only vessels of wood. Neither are not the only vessels of earth. How many of you have, have vessels of earth in your house? Earth is made out of clay, you know. Earthen where earth, what do you call them? Earth, what? No, is it ceramic? No. Is it ceramic? Okay. Where they cook it properly and you can, you know, some, some part of the world, they like eating in those type of earthen. They will tell you if you eat in in a different, like in a plate made of glass, it doesn't taste nice. Well, that's their opinion. <laughs> so, you know, there are different vessels. There's earth, there is wood, there is silver, there is gold. Question I want to ask, what category are you in, in the church? <laughs> what category are you in the church? Gold. I can't hear some of you. Gold. You are not confident of what class of, of vessel you are in the church. Eh? <laughs> so it looks like this church is all gold. Are you sure? <laughs> Because every man's vessel will be tested. Every man's vessel will be what? Will be tested. Hallelujah. But our emphasis tonight is on two types of vessel. As vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. There are two types of people of vessels in every church. They are in the, either in the category of honor or in the category of dishonor. Now to move from 
the category of dishonor to the category of honor, there are three things that has to be done. Three things. Number one is what I call spiritual cleansing. Spiritual cleansing. James chapter 4 verse 8. It says, if God says, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So, the first step to becoming a vessel, moving from a vessel of dishonor to a vessel of honor is to cleanse yourself spiritually. Is to cleanse yourself spiritually. Is to make sure your system, your spiritual system is cleansed. This is very important. And the only way you can do that is by drawing near to God. Not drawing away from God, but drawing near to God. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is a powerful verse that should tell you that until you draw near to God, God is not going to draw near to you. If you draw near to God 50%, God will also draw near to you. How many percent? 50%. I say, but pastor, where is grace? Well, ask, ask the Bible. They say, what about mercy? God says, I'll show mercy to whom I'll show mercy in my sovereignty. So God says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts. Ye double-minded. That means don't come to God with double-mindedness. Whether to believe or not to believe. Whether God exists or he doesn't exist. Whether to be a Christian or not to be a Christian. You see, we've come too far to want to go back. How many of you know that? We are closer. We've gone far away from Egypt than we are turning back and going to Egypt. This is not a time to say, oh, oh, I feel like going back to Egypt. There are graves there. They can bury me. <laughs> it's not the time. Number two, the second thing you have to do is separation. Separation. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 11. It says, depart ye, depart ye. Notice twice. God is saying twice. Depart ye, depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch not, touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. So that means for those of us who bear the vessels of the Lord, we have to depart out of anything that is unclean. And please hear me. Hear me. Don't ever make a mistake of thinking that living right, living holy is only in the house of God. Living right is a daily lifestyle. And living right is still popular today. God said, depart ye, depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch not, 
touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Which vessel are we talking about? Vessel of honor. We are the bearers of the vessels of the Lord. Think about it this way. Throughout the week before you come to church, you are a bearer of the vessel of the Lord. Do you know what it means to be a bearer of the vessel of the Lord? What a privilege. What a privilege to be a bearer of the vessel of the Lord on a daily basis. So it's time to depart out of the midst of anything unclean. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 24, it says, who shall ascend unto the, unto the hill of the Lord? He that has a what? A clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands, pure hearts. Psalm 24 from verse 1 to 4. Let's read it. Verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has a what? A clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. For those of you who swear, swear, you swear every, every second, swear, 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 swear. All your text messages are swearing. Nor have nor sworn deceitfully. I swear, and you do this. You know, sometimes I do, I swear, I swear, I swear by heaven. I swear by the earth. I swear by my mother. I swear by the car. Hey. God have mercy. It says he that has clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands. Pure heart. How clean is your hands? You see many Christians are fighting battles that belong to God. The moment you jump into a fight that is God's, you have muddied your hands. God is not a statute. He can fight himself. He can fight for himself. When David encountered Goliath, David knew he was a covenant child. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Don't try to help God. Every time you help God, you enter into flesh. Ask Father Abraham and Sister Sarah to date. We are fighting the battles they gave birth to many years ago. We are fighting right there, right there. Sarah was fighting right there. When Hagar became pregnant with Ishmael, she started insinuating. He said, look at you, you have been here, the same Abraham. It's not a different Abraham, the same Abraham. You have been sitting by Abraham for years, no child. I come one and it's one touch. I have a baby. Mm -hmm. 
right there. The fight began right in the house. It began right there. So don't help God. Don't help God. Many people have tried to help God and God has stepped back. Every time you try to help God, he steps back. The third thing is sanctification. Remember three things are to be done if we are going to move from dishonor to honor. Number one is what? Spiritual cleansing. Number two is what? Separation. Number three is sanctification. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Are you getting something out of this? It says by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Oh, this is powerful. So guess what? Our sanctification is in Christ Jesus. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, it's important to understand what he did on the cross for us. It says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. So the moment Jesus Christ was offered as a sacrifice, you and I were sanctified. Amen. We were set apart Amen. for the use of God's kingdom. Amen. Somebody say, I am sanctified. Oh, say it again. Say, I am sanctified. We are sanctified by the blood. By the blood, we are sanctified. By the blood, we are whole. By the blood, we are holy. By the blood, we are righteous. By the blood, we are accepted in the beloved. I am sanctified. I'm not going to be sanctified when I'm dead. I am sanctified now. I am Saint Adama Sebiji. Oh, glory. I'm not going to be a saint after I'm dead. I am a saint now. Amen. I am sanctified by Christ Jesus. Amen. Say a good amen. amen. You are sanctified. Say, say, I am sanctified. sanctified. Oh, say it again. Say, I am sanctified. I am sanctified. What are you sanctified by? By the blood. That's why the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In him we are. In him we move. In him we have our being. Quickly as we get ready to close. Now how do we move from, we've looked at how we move from vessels of dishonor to vessels of honor. There are four steps required in spiritual preparation for us to become vessels of honor. Because we want to become vessels of honor. The moment you become a vessel of honor, you'll be good unto every good work. When God is looking for who to use, guess who is going to pick first? The vessel of honor. The vessel of honor. So four steps quickly. Number one is what I call abandonment of idols. Abandonment of idols. First Samuel chapter seven, verse three. 
We are living in a generation that is full of idols. Human idols. Phone idols. Tablet idols. Gadget idols. Pop idols. Movie idols. There are all kinds of idols, you know. Material things have become our idols. We watch the TV and we see a singer and say, oh, that's my idol. <laughs> Some of us will choose TV programs over church. Once you choose a television program over church, that's your idol. I remember the Bible says that God says he is a jealous God. The moment you create an idol, you have created another God. Some of us, money is our idol. We can't let go. In the church, we can't let it go. But in the shopping mall, oh, we let it go like. <laughs> Only in the church, we can't let it go. But in the shopping mall, oh, come on now. Before we come to church, we have a calculated budget. But in the shopping mall, we don't go with the list. There's no budget. We just spend and spend and spend. So we have to, number one, abandonment of idols. First Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, I read. It says, and Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel. And Adama spoke unto all the house of solution. Amen. Say amen. amen. Say a good amen. amen. Saying. If you do return unto the Lord with all your heart, is it some of your heart? Is it 90% of your heart? How many of your heart? How many of your heart? All your heart, then put away the strange gods. Say amen. amen. Put away what? The strange gods. The strange gods, you'll be shocked that people come to church with all kinds of gods in their pockets. All kinds of gods in their bags. All kinds of gods on their waist. All kinds of gods around their wrist. I'm telling you, in the church. In the church. That's why the Bible says that the sorrow of those who have gone unto other gods are multiplied. How can you say, oh, God is not fast. Let me just go and do a little, a little something by the corner. Hey, there is no free meal ticket for the devil. There's, the devil doesn't give you anything free. He doesn't give you anything free. There are people who are looking for babies. They are believing God for babies. And they've gone to the wrong sources. They've gone to the wrong places for babies. And today they are paying for it dear, dearly. There are people who are looking for husbands. And they've gone to the wrong sources. And somebody has given them a black powder and said, put a little in his food. A white powder, just blow a little, put a little on your eye, eye shadow, eyelid. When he sees you, he will fall in love with you. It's a devil. 
They've gone after other gods from among God. Samuel is saying, put these gods out. They are strange gods. And strange gods behave strangely. You don't know when it's going to attack. <laughs> it behaves how strangely. That's why I don't go near dogs that are behaving erratic. Because it's a strange dog. <laughs> they are not only that, there are strange women. The Bible says that avoid strange women. Yeah, that's right. That's right. yeah they are strange women. <laughs> they are strange women. One day I'll preach on that strange woman. <laughs> Seven characters of the strange woman. And not only are there strange women, there are strange men. <laughs> there are 14 characters of strange men. <laughs> yeah. 14. So when you see the characteristics of strange man or strange woman, you be careful. They are erratic in their behavior. Strange. It says, put away the strange gods and astral from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. And serve him who? Only. And serve him who? Only. And serve him who? Only. only. There are some churches that are not only serving God. Underneath the altar, they have buried all kinds of things. In the name of Jesus. Those of you who like miracle, pastor, do miracle, do, do healing now, do miracle. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus said, on that day they'll come to me and they'll say, we did miracles in your name. We did healing in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I know you not. Did they do the miracles? Yes. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. But in the name of Jesus, there is something underneath. It's cooking. It's cooking. It says, serve the Lord him only and he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. The Philistines that represent their enemies. How can you go to the devil to deliver you from the devil? Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Jesus said, how can I deliver uh, the devil with the devil? They said, he is casting out demons with Belial. He said, it's not possible. Light and darkness don't meet. But there are many in the church today. That's why you need to be careful where you are going. And when you find a church where God has planted you in, stay. Don't let anybody approach you. Stay. I'm going to say something that I'm, I'm sure I'm permitted to say. Not long, we visited one of our, you know, I think probably our daughter because it's difficult to say as a pastor, you don't have many daughters or many sons in the church. Maybe 
in 10 years, you can have one. <laughs> in 10 years. And we're just advising them that, you know, look, buy a house there, buy a house there, you know, go far, go to the north, do this. And the next thing, out of a genuine pure heart, the next thing, my wife said, oh, she called and she was very upset. She was upset because she doesn't want to move because if she moves, it's like she's been um, sucking her out of the church. I said, no, 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 the church is still there. It doesn't matter how far you are. It's heart connection. She was upset and crying. I said, no, explain to her that it's not that I'm asking her to go away from the church. No, 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 no. No, I just want their interest. I just want their interest. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. He said, Pastor, you are trying to get, kick, kick me out of the church. No. When you are connected in a good church, nobody can kick you out. Are you following what I'm saying? Nobody can approach you. Can, can you, can you approach me out of this church? It doesn't matter what you do to me. I will be buried in this church. All my children will marry in this church. All my grandchildren will be dedicated in this church. And by me. By me. I'll dedicate my grandchildren myself. And not only that, my great, great grandchildren. You are asking, my enemies are asking, when are you going, Pastor? I'm going to dedicate my great great grandchildren. Hallelujah. You can't kick me out of this church. You can't kick me out. So when you find a good church, stay. It doesn't matter how far, it's a hard connection. The church I came out of. I still belong to that church. I see my man of God as my man of God. I don't want anything else apart from that. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how far you are. It's a hard connection. So someone said, the time has come. Abandon all these little, little gods. Some of you need to go home today and those little, little gods you have that have been transport, transferred from your mother to you, your great-grandmother to you, you need to burn them. Yes. And so, Pastor, uh, it, it, uh, it's a lucky charm. It came from my grandfather. It came. You need to burn them now. I say you need to bend them because the sorrow of they, those who go after other gods are multiplied. The devil can offer you nothing. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not teaching. I don't just come and stand and teach out of coincidence. What I'm saying goes to somebody in this house or out in the world. Number two. No, let's go before we go to number two. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 3. We're still talking about abandonment of what? Idols. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 3. 
It says, nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thy heart to seek God. You see, when your heart is prepared to seek God, you don't follow after any other idol. God is your all and your all. Number two, cleansing of God's temple. Cleansing of God's temple. Four step required in spiritual preparation to get onto a vessel of honor. Number one is abandonment of idols. Number two is cleansing of God's temple. Second Chronicles chapter 29 verse 15 to 16. Are you getting something out of this? Second Chronicles chapter 15 to 16. I read, the Bible says that, and they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Verse 16, and the priest went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the uncleanliness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord and the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kedron. Can you see in the house of the Lord there were idols. There were things. So you think pastor is talking about go and throw away all those idols. He's just saying it out of in the house of the Lord. They brought out all the uncleanliness that they found in the house. You'll be shocked if we say we want to do an inspection now in this church. People are wearing armaments. Armaments. All kinds of armaments. Unfortunately, you see, you see, let me say this. The black church, unfortunately, has transferred the cultures and the traditions of their forefathers into the church. So we always want to have something to replicate or to represent what was given to us when we were in the world. So for instance, we come to church and we want mantles. Yes, these things do work. Don't get me wrong. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12 there about, it says that and, 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 and from the apron of, of Paul, uh, many were healed. So yes, I believe in mantles. But listen, our faith is not in those things. Our faith is in the name of Jesus. When that man who was healed at the beautiful gate, that healing took place because of the name of Jesus. So it's time to cleanse God's temple. And guess who the temple is? You are the temple of God. This is not the physical temple. We are talking about you. You are the spiritual temple. Number three, returning to the Lord. The third thing is to return to the Lord. Luke chapter one, verse 16 and 17. It says, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God 
verse 17. And he shall go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Say amen to that. So it's time for us to return to the Lord. And our returning to the Lord has to be on a daily basis. Number four, personal purification. The fourth one is personal purification. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 21. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 21. It says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, from all the things we've listed, those idols and so on and so forth. From these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. Prepared unto every good work. So God wants us to become vessels of what? Honor. And not vessels of what? Dishonor. Remember, in every house, there are two vessels. Vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. The question is, which vessel are you going to be? A vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? A vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? You can choose which vessel you want to be. I believe that for us even to be ready for the second coming of, our, of Jesus, we have to constantly remain as vessels of honor. Constantly. Ever ready. So that when he comes, we'll be able to go with him. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it? Let's give Jesus some praise. Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.